Hey, this is Scott Taylor. I am so glad that you have joined us. I'm the pastor of Turning Point Church, and we would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at TPCGVL, or you could text the word CONNECT to 864-479-4483. We've got a word for you today that I hope challenges you and inspires you. Uh, So we're going to talk today about living with expectation, living in expectation of what God's going to do. Last week, we had our our, our church, our family gathering. And I love when we do those events. I look forward to them because Sundays can be hectic and we got people that, you know, you get here, maybe a little late, but you get here and that's good. Maybe you leave right. And I don't always get a chance to speak to everybody. And, and when we do these family gatherings, I'm able to come and just you know, walk around the room and visit. And, and I just enjoy visiting with you and, and talking with you. And, and I had a moment last week, just to be transparent, like I was standing over there and I was looking across the full room and everybody's sitting around tables and eating and, and we had just had baptism and we ought to honor the graduates. And I just had this, this moment where I was like, you know, there's probably not very many people that's in the room right now that understands the amount of life change that's happened in the room at that moment. Because I know the stories, and and I've talked with you, and and I was walking around talking with you and got some great news as I was talking to some folk, you know, about things God is doing in their life and how they're growing in their relationship with God. And I just thought, man, the amount of life change that's right here, like we need to celebrate that more often. And so I was was proud, and, and I just had that moment where I was like, man, thank you, God. I was humbled by what God is, has done here. And, and a scripture came to mind, and this is an important scripture for our church. In fact, one of the very first, may have been the very first series that we did as a church way back in 2018 was this. And it was based off of this scripture, and it's Galatians chapter 6, 9, and it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And so there were a couple of things about that scripture that really came to my mind. And and number one, it's because the last five plus years for Sonia and I have been tough. Like it's why young men plant churches, right? Young men plant churches. I'm a young man. Not anymore. And... um, so it's why young men, like it's been a tiring process and it's been difficult and, and the season's been hard, but look, it's what God called us to do and I wouldn't take anything for it. So many of you are in the same boat. Like the past few years, and I'm not even going to mention the names of the things that we've been through, right? Because we're past it. We're done. We're, we're through all of that. But our world has changed and, and not only going through shutdowns and, and, and all the ups and downs of what we went through, the, the adjustment of after. Like we're trying to settle in as a society and figure out who we are now. And it's, the church is going to have to stand up. The church is going to have to make some stands, right? But what I would tell you today is don't grow weary. In other words, I would tell you, don't give up. There are so many people that I know, you, in the past few years, man, you have experienced hardships, 
You've experienced difficulties. You've experienced where you feel like you've been betrayed. Maybe you feel like you've lost some things, lost some relationships, and you're just feel like, and you've had this, this statement that's come up in your mind more than once probably. Is this even worth it? And this, I mean life, I mean your walk with Christ, I mean going through the motions and doing your day-to-day and fighting to get ahead and it just feels like this struggle. What I would tell you is don't grow weary and don't give up. Keep doing it. Keep going. Be grounded. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some things in this scripture because we're going we're to talk about the fact that, look, you don't need to give up. You need to keep going, but you need to keep going in the right direction. And you go in the right direction because you've got the right, you got the right destiny, you've got the right destination. And if you're not grounded, and you don't have a right starting point, and you don't have the right points along the way, you're going you're gonna to get off track. And I think the problem is, everybody, the problem is we've gotten off track. The past few years... It's brought it out. We hadn't gotten off track the past few years. We've been off track for a while. But the problem is the past few years, it's just exposed it and it's brought it to light. So what I would tell you is don't grow weary while doing good. Keep doing good. Keep doing what it is that God's called you. Keep pursuing what it is that God's called you to pursue. Keep going the places and, and making a difference. For in due season, in time, in the time when God has for you, you, we shall reap, you will reap if we do not lose heart. If you don't just give up and you don't give in and you don't let the hardships of life, you got to see through that, right? So there are a few things that we can apply. Everything you sow, you will reap. This is the laws of nature. It's been this way since the beginning of time. When you plant a seed in the ground and you cultivate that seed, you're going to get a harvest. You're going to, something's going to grow, right? You will reap what you sow. And so if you want good things to come your way, you've got to do good things. Like you've got to plant good seeds, right? If you plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree. So you're going you're gonna to sow what you reap. God will cause a harvest from the seed that you plant if you put it in his hands. But listen to me, your harvest will always have the same nature as the seed you plant. Why are you doing what you are doing? We talk about the why behind the what. Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing things with ill will? Are you doing this thing with a bad attitude? Are you doing this thing out of obligation? We're going to talk about that in a second. But your harvest, what you reap, will always have the same nature as the seed you plant. I've been in ministry now for a couple of years, right? Just a couple. And what I have seen over and over and over again, and we're going to talk about this scripture in a little bit, but is that when you judge someone, Man, I have seen people that'll come through. I was a teenager. I was a teenager. I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I would see teenagers that would come, and they would hear this and hear that, especially the girls. All right, and they would, and then a few times later, 
whether it's six months, a year, two years, they end up in the same situation they were criticizing for. Like it comes back, you will reap what you sow. The seed that you plant will come back to you and it'll have the same nature. It's just the laws of, of, of nature. It's, it's God's law. The second thing I want to tell you is this, and some of you need to hear this. God is always on time. God may not always be on your time, but God is always on time. He's never late. He's always on time. Now, because we reap what we sow, (laughs) there are times when God's ready. I'm ready. But we make decisions that get us off track. And that's what we want to talk about today. Like, how do we stay focused how do we stay on track so we don't make decisions that get us off track and we start planting the wrong seeds and sowing the wrong harvest because the good part is God can create everything but the bad part is there are always consequences for the decisions you make the decisions you make today are the consequences you will reap tomorrow right and God is always on time and I can tell right now I can feel it in your eyes, through the camera, I can feel it. Some of you don't believe this statement. Some of you are seeing this statement and saying, well, no, yeah, okay, whatever. Preacher, it's a preacher talk, preacher. Yeah. God is always on time, y'all. He's never late. And you can live in expectation of God's harvest. But here's the thing. This statement bothers you too. If, if the previous statement bothered you that God's always on time, this one bothers you too. Because in your mind, because of the life you live and what you've been through, not counting the decisions you make, because we don't do that. We don't think about what we've done. We just blame it all on God and we say, God, why don't you? Why haven't you? How come you, God? You, God, you, God, you, God, you're supposed to. I love y'all. But the seed you plant is the harvest you're going to get back. Okay? So how do we stay on track? That's what we're going to talk about today. Because I'm not here to beat you up. But listen to me. Your expectation of God is defined by how you view Him. Some of you, it's foreign concept to think that God would bless you. That God would, would like, that God won't even wants to be involved in your life because here's the view you have of God. You, you see God as like this sheriff in the sky, right? That's the way I grew up. I grew up in, the, in an environment that as soon as you did something and messed up, zap. You know, he had a zapper in his holster and he's ready to just zap you one time real good. And as soon as I messed up, oh, I got his. Your view is like God's this disciplined, this grouchy old man that's just don't want anybody to be happy. Or if he wants somebody to be happy, it's always somebody else. It's never me. I know. Or maybe you view God as a strict disciplinarian. Like he's there and he's got his, he's got his pen and paper. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mess up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I got that one. I remember that one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
And his strict disciplinary, and here's what you think. You think that his favorite form of punishment is to put you on restrictions. How many of you, when you were a kid, hated restrictions? Right? Like, just go ahead and whoop me. Just beat me. Go ahead, give me my talking to. Do whatever you're going to do, but don't take stuff. Like, don't let me not go outside. That was always what got me. You can't go outside and play. Right? Because that's all I wanted to do is I wanted to go outside and want to play. And when they took that away, they restricted that from me. Man, that was the worst punishments. And then I did it as a parent. I mean, it works. And you view God as like this. This is his favorite thing to do. I'm going to take everything away that's good for you. Everything that you like, I'm going to take away. And maybe that's why we don't commit. Because we're afraid if we commit, God will automatically take those things away. Or maybe you view God as, you know what, he's busy. He's a busy man. Like, he's a busy God. He's, he's busy. He's got things to do. He's got people, like, you know, millions and millions of people. And, and he's, he doesn't have time for me. I'm just little old me, little, little old me. He doesn't have time to listen to me. What's the point in praying? He's not going to hear me anyway. Like, I'm just me. I'm a nobody. I'm a, let me ask you a question. If, that, if any of those are your view of God, like if that's who God was, if that's who God is, why in the world would He send Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, to die for you? He did that so that you can live for Him. And God wants the best for you. Like He wants your blessings. It's not prosperity preaching. This is gospel. This is the Bible, Okay? And so I'm going to prove it to you because we see in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, I remember, I grew up in church, I didn't read my Bible. I grew up in church and I played the game at church, but played a lot of other games outside of church. Like I I was not a very good person growing up, but then when I got saved, I got to the point where I was like, okay, God, I realize like I'm headed nowhere and all the friends I'm hanging around, (laughs) no offense y'all, y'all are losers and like I got to stop and this was a long time ago, they're all better now. And I remember when I got saved, I read my Bible and I read this verse and I was like, whoa. Look at Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Like that is a powerful promise. You can come boldly into the throne room of grace. You can approach God Almighty, God the Father, boldly like you don't have to come in like there's humility and boldness you don't have to come in and be like you know or you don't have to come in just you can come boldly like if you take a toddler if you take a toddler when they come into the room and and they go to mommy or they go to daddy they're excited to be there and they have no clue to what else is happening in the world. And they're just they're big arms running, you know, doing the, the running and back. they're excited to be there. And they come in boldly because they have no, they're not inhibited by you. They're not inhibited by what kind of day you're having, how much money's in the bank. They're not by what you're doing. If you're busy, man, they just, they come in with this confidence and this boldness. And that's the picture of what we can do. We can enter in boldly to the throne room of grace. 
That's the picture I want you to have when, when you pray. Like when you pray, you don't have to. Man, oh man, I wish we understood this. We can enter boldly into the, to the throne of God. But if you're going to hear from God, if you're going to hear from God often and accurately, those are important. Hello, right? Because man, the number of times people are convinced they're hearing from God, but it contradicts His Word. God will never speak contradiction to His Word. And they'll come in and they're convinced because they've convinced themselves that they're right. But if you're going to hear from God consistently and accurately, You've got to have spiritual disciplines in your life. And it starts with God's Word. And the best part about this is this is what you can do every single day of your life. We talked about the first 15, right? Spending the first 15 minutes of your day and giving that to God. It starts with God's Word because when you start with God's Word, everything else will be changed. Because that's the start. That's the foundation. Worship. Corporate and individual worship. Prayer and fasting, giving, yes, giving is part, it's a spiritual discipline from God, it's his blessing. Community, like having community with other believers. Because what ends up happening is we don't start with God's word, we don't value worship, which means we don't get up and we don't worship God in our private time with our time with him, and we don't value and prioritize church. I said it, I'm the pastor, I have the microphone, can do it, but it's in the, right? Prayer and fasting, we don't value these things, we don't value giving, and we wonder why our account's always empty, we don't value giving because we're not sowing the seed, you have to sow a seed to get that back, and it's not just about giving, we talked about it last week, like your talent, your time, and your treasure, and then they surround themselves with their own community. And what ends up happening is if community is first, then you're not prioritizing godly community in your life. You need to hear what I'm about to tell you. You're not prioritizing godly community in your life, but it's the number one thing because you got to have your boys and you got to have your girls and you got to do the nights out and you got to do the thing and you got to have the. Everything else is going to be out of kilter. Because if you value God's word first, it'll drive all the rest of it. But if you value the community first, it'll drive the rest of it. And the things that you're convinced you're supposed to do won't have anything to do with God's Word. It'll have everything to do with the influence around you. Because the Bible tells us, bad company corrupts good character. Like, it's got to start with God's Word. You've got to have that foundation. You've got to plant the seed of God's Word in your life. If you're going to start right, if you're going to stay on track and if you're going to end up in the right place. It's got to start with God's Word. So Hebrews, we're talking about Hebrews. We're going to, I'm going to summarize that very quickly, right? Like the central message of Hebrews is really this. God has spoken through His Son and do not harden your hearts. God has spoken through His Son and do not harden your hearts. So if we're going to hear from God often and accurately, 
We've got to have spiritual disciplines in our life. But there's a science to how we hear. And it's all about vibrations, waves, and resonating. Resonance. And so when, when I'm speaking to you right now, like my vocal cords are vibrating, they're, they're creating these sound waves, and your ear is catching those sound waves, and, and it's, it's converting them to, to information, and your brain's processing that. But that is not the end, y'all. The last step is really up to you. You can hear, but it's up to you to listen, and it's up to you to apply it because that information has to travel 18 inches from your head to your heart. 18 inches. Short distance, but it's, a, it's often least traveled. And whether or not you take that information, the sound, the voice, and the meaning, whether or not you translate that, whether or not you apply it to your life, whether or not you take the knowledge that God has given you and you apply it to your life and it becomes who you are. Can I just remind you of something? We are human beings, not human doers. It's not in what you do. What you do should come out of who you are. How you live your life should come out of who you are. And if that's going to travel the 18 inches from your head to your heart, that is always left up to you. It's always left up to you. It's why we have free will. Remember what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about love? The greatest act of showing love to someone is you choosing them. And those are small, daily choices of choosing the ones that you love. And God always leaves that part up to you. A hardened heart resists. But a softened heart resonates with God's voice. Like resonates with God's voice. And that's how we hear him often and accurately. It's by softening our heart. And God's word and worship, and giving, serving, giving our talents and our time and our treasure, having the right community, all of that, listen to me, all of that prepares the soil of your heart to be prepared for the seed of God's Word so that your heart is softened and it resonates. I just took a trip, went literally drove across the country and and I took a took a trip went through lower Illinois and Iowa and it was just flat it was nothing to see but bugs hitting the windshield it was just flat right and that's different ground than what we have here in South Carolina what we have here in South Carolina is this red clay that's hard right but you want to have soil that's fertile there's a reason the farmland's there not here all of those things will soften your heart and it'll prepare. So Hebrews, the end of Hebrews 3 ends with basically this. So I'm going to give you the Scott version. New Scott version, right? The, Hebrews 3 ends with the people of God, the Israelites, heard the message but had hardened their hearts. And because they had hardened their hearts, even though they had heard the message, listen to what I'm saying, they heard the message, 
but they hardened their hearts so they did not apply. 18 inches did not apply, didn't go to the heart. Because they did that, they did not find rest. They did not go to the promised land. And the rest that we're talking about here is, yes, physical rest, and we've got to do those things, but it's spiritual rest. Rest for your soul. And that's what we're missing. Listen, everybody else in the world, everybody you work with, everybody you live beside, everybody maybe you're related to, they're working for the weekend. 80 songs. They're working for the weekend. That's all they're thinking about. And they're wearing themselves out, but we don't have to live that way. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, look at what he says. Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. You need to seek God's rest. Soften your heart. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, the Israelites, who didn't make the 18 inches, 18 inch travel, right? And they didn't go into the promised land. And, and their hearts, hearts were hardened. But the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Like, we've got to apply God's Word to our life. We've got to let it get in. We've got to let it travel those 18 inches. The source is valid because Jesus already completed the work. Like, you determine the validity of the source by whether or not you take the information and apply it. You determine the the credibility. Like you either give credibility to the source or you don't. And we can have trust in that the source is credible, God's Word, because Jesus has already completed the work. We can go a lot of ways right here, but there were a lot of scriptures that foretold and prophesied Jesus' coming. He fulfilled them all. So Hebrews chapter 4.11, let us therefore be diligent to enter rest. What if we, as followers of Jesus, took this scripture to heart? I think if we took this scripture to heart, a few verses later in, in verse 16, let us therefore enter into the throne room of grace boldly that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. I think that would come to light because we aren't looking and working for everything else. He says, therefore, let us be diligent, focused, not distracted. Like diligence is a thing that we, we need. And we were to pursue with everything that's in us the rest that comes from Christ. Because Jesus told us, come to me if you're heavy and you're weary and you're overloaded. Come to me and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is like if you're feeling overwhelmed simple what I'm about to say is super simple if you're feeling overwhelmed plant better seeds 
Stop pursuing the things of the world. Stop pursuing all the things that your friends are pursuing because they're just running ragged anyway. Start pursuing God's Word. Worship, giving, serving, community, all those things. Look at Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How you're running, where you're running, how you're walking, where you're walking matters. Pursuing all the wrong things, man, you're not going to make it. You're going to wear out. Listen, we don't burn out, we just empty. You hear me? We don't get burned out, we just empty because we're not refilling. We're not putting God's word in our heart. Jesus talked about this. This whole thing, due season, planting the seed, reaping, all that, Jesus talked about it in Luke chapter 6. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, he's talking about doing good. He's talking about giving, being generous, having a generous spirit, which comes, last week we talked about it, you know. I mean, there's, there's, there's aspects to what we're talking about. Time, talent, treasure, This leads into the church where we're talking about spiritual growth, physical growth, financial growth. It all comes together. And it starts with you, by the way. Whether or not you're doing it. That's what Jesus is talking about. Give and it will be given to you. If you plant a seed, you're going to get a harvest. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use. uh Uh-oh. It will be measured back to you. As Jesus said it, I didn't say it. So, the same measure. Remember, the seed you plant will always, the the harvest you reap will always have the same nature as the seed you plant. What does that mean? I had no idea. We don't buy potato chips in my house. I had no idea that potato chips were so daggum expensive now. But when we give, if we give generously, half a bag of potato chips, the rest was air. If we give and we're going to be stingy, then that's what you're going to get back. Like, listen, let's be honest with each other. We don't live in an agricultural society anymore. We go to the grocery store. Like, we go to the grocery store. So our sacrifice really isn't sacrifice. It's just what we're willing to, to give. What we're willing to pay, what we're willing to give up, that's our sacrifice. So our sacrifice is very measured. It's very safe. And if we decide that we're going to sacrifice and we're going we're gonna to give, whether it's our time, whether it's our talent, whether it's our treasure, and we're going to be stingy with it, guess what you're going to get back? Your harvest is not going to be plentiful. But if you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you everything I got, God. Just everything I got. It's yours. You got it. God, I give it to you. I trust you. I give you all my time. I give you all my talent. I give you all my treasure. God, you've got it. You know what God will do? God will say, well, I'm going to give that back to you. 
And not only am I going to give it back to you, but I'm going to give it to you pressed down. Shake. Some of you are going, oh, that's why I didn't buy lace. I'm going to give it to you. Not only am I going to give it to you, but I'm going to give you more than what you gave to me because what you gave, you did with joy and you did with generosity and you did because you love me and you did. I'm going to give that back to you and I'm going to give a little bit more. And then I'm going to keep on giving because I love you and you are good and I, my promises are for you and my promises are for you. I'm going to move the bowl back a little bit because I'm going to have to clean it up later. And I'm going to give you more and then I'm not going to stop there because I said, what does the scripture say? I'm going to give it to you. Press down. In good measure, press down. Shaking together and running over. Not only am I going to give, but I'm going to give you more than you ever gave to me. Why? Because the seed you plant always yields more in harvest. Let's talk about this for a second. All the work that will ever be done for your forgiveness has already been done by Jesus. I love to, to make statements and put it on the screen that drive my wife crazy. This will drive her crazy. Because she'll say, you could have said that. I said, but all the work that will ever be done for your forgiveness has already been done by Jesus. Listen to me. This is what somebody needs to hear today. Your freedom is found in God's forgiveness. And all your friends that are working for the weekend, when we are working and we're grounded in God's word and we're worshiping and we're giving and we're, we're serving and, and we've got the right community around us, we have those spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting and doing things. When we're doing those things, you aren't giving to get. Because the problem is we think, depending on your view of God, we think we got to give to make up for what we've already done. We think we've got to give because we were a horrible person when we were younger. We think we've got to do because what we did. Listen to me. That's not how the gospel works. That's not how grace works. God says, that if you'll just come to me, I'll forgive you of all your sins and your part is faith. Listen to me. Your giving and your time and your treasure and your talent, your giving isn't paying a debt that you owe. It's a seed that you sow. That's what it's all about, y'all. You've got to grasp that you can enter into the throne room of grace like a little toddler running to daddy, running to mama, and that he loves you. He's not waiting to step on you. He's not trying to put you on restrictions all the time. He's not, no, 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 no. Consequences, yes. But Jesus said, come to me if you're overwhelmed. Come to me if you feel overloaded. 
and I'll give you rest. And that if you'll just sow the seed, I'll give you more than you could have ever gotten on your own. Let me just end with this statement. When When I talk about tithing, tithing is the first 10%. Right? I'm just, you just need to understand this. And this applies to your time, this applies to your talent, and it applies to your treasure. When you bring the first 10% to God, God's blessing will be on the 90%. And He will bless the 90%, but He will not bless the 100 You hear what I'm saying? Because if you don't sow the seed, you can't expect the harvest. If you're going to get a harvest, you got to sow the seed. Just the, I got a slide for it. Right? I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Memorial Day weekend, right? It's, it's a holiday weekend and, and whether you're online with us or you're in the room, I just want to tell you that if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling burdened, there's a cure for that. And it's coming to God. It's giving it to Jesus. And that may not be a one-time decision. We've talked a lot about this. It may be a decision that's a continual thing you have to you have to do. But you can do it. I'm going to say something I say a lot. Don't let the start stop you. Like, don't let the start stop you. Start by giving it to God. Our team's going to come down. They're going to be available to pray with you, to pray for you. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe you're feeling weighted down and burdened and, and just feeling overwhelmed. This power in prayer, there's power in agreement. So as our team comes, I'm going to pray, and I would encourage you to come if you want them to pray with you, pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. Thank you for having a plan for me, that you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that I can live for you. And God, you've given us the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and and now we know that he gives us a peace he's our comforter he wraps us up he's our comforter and he gives us a peace that passes all understanding and god i just pray that today anyone feeling overwhelmed would lay it at your feet and god that we would if we're getting bad results we would start sowing good seed so that we can reap good seed according to your harvest, God. Lord, we just ask it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. They're going to sing us out. Team is here to pray along with you. We love you. We thank you. Next week's going to be a big week, a good week. I hope to see you then. Have a great one. See you soon.